Welcome back to season two of the Ring Back Feminine Podcast. I am your host, Angelica Chulo. And on this podcast, we talk about all things femininity, masculinity, relationships, how to reach your highest self, and so much more. So sit back, relax, and get ready to be inspired. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Bring Back Feminine podcast. And hello to any new listeners. I'm Angelica Chulo, your host, and I'm thrilled to introduce our guest for today's episode. Joining us is Sarah Bodanova, an incredible femininity and body language coach who knows how to make embracing your femininity an absolute blast. Sarah's mission is to make femininity fun, empowering, and tailored to each individual. With her expertise and tangible tools, she helps high-achieving women integrate their unique vision of femininity into all areas of their lives. She's been featured by top media outlets and has transformed the lives of over 100 clients. In today's conversation, we're diving into the world of high-value dating. So get ready for an enjoyable discussion with Sarah and let's get into it. Okay. Hello. So thank you for making the time to be on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Thanks. Um, okay. So first and foremost, can you tell my listeners what you do? Yes. So I've done a lot. I was a professional dancer, a professional competitor um, for almost two decades. I made it to the world semifinals. I was an award-winning coach And during that time, I was working with women, helping them with their body language, helping them feel sexier. And then during COVID, an opportunity presented itself where I wanted to start working on a business where I didn't do the dancing, but I focused on all the skills that I was learning through that and helped women outside of the dance studio. So the Femininity Project was born about three years ago and we've been kicking it since. I love that. That's so nice. Um, Yeah, definitely COVID was a big transition for a lot of people. And I feel like a lot of people lost themselves or a lot of people found themselves during that time. So this topic I want to talk about is the topic of the podcast I want to talk about is high value dating. Mm -hmm. So can you, yes, huge topic. I feel like everybody wants to know how to date of high value. Um, Mm -hmm. So what is the difference between dating and high value dating? I think one of the main differences is dating is just like living your life on autopilot. You're just going through the motions. You're not really thinking about what you want, how other people are treating you. High value dating is dating with a purpose. So you've actually spent the time to think through what you want as a woman. And then when you're dating men, you're looking, do they have the things that I want? You're not entertaining kind of all these loser situations. Yeah. And getting into just like toxic relationship and just dating for a short term and not even thinking about the long term. So yeah, definitely dating with a purpose was what I was going to say as well. So mm-hmm. what does it mean to be a high value woman? Mm-hmm. One of the first things I think is to recognize that men and women are very different. So I think a lot of women date thinking that a man is just a hairier version of themselves. So they expect them to act the same. They expect them to be motivated by the same things. And then when they don't do it, they kind of slap them like you're a naughty boy. You're a naughty, misbehaving woman instead of actually getting to understand what motivates men. And it's different than what we think. 
So I think once on both sides, when men start to understand what really drives women, what they care about, and then vice versa, and then we actually have to come to the decision, are we willing to do those things? Are we willing to learn? Are we willing to put down our weapons? Because I think one of the things women do is they emasculate men continually and they don't even see it. So once we actually start learning, okay, what you're doing is hurting men. Are you ready to stop? That's one step in the right direction. So I did you read the book, um, Queen's Code by Alison Armstrong? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, and she, I, I forgot what other book she wrote, but she talked about that women always think that men are the hairier versions Exactly. Like, and then think they're driven and motivated by the same things. And that was a big wake up call to me too, because I never saw it that way. But once she yeah. put it in writing, I'm just like, wow, like that's exactly the case. And in Queen's Co, she talks about how us women, we always compare the man to this perfect human being, you yes. know? So it's just like, so if he doesn't, let's say, I, I don't know what her, I forgot what her examples are. I read it so long ago. But she talks about how well, like women, they have these like high expectations from men. And when yeah. they don't reach those expectations, they think these guys are just like whatever and they suck and that men are trash. But it's like, well, who are you comparing this man to? Are you comparing him to this perfect image man that you have in your head? Or are you comparing him to a human being that's a man? So yes. I I loved her books. I think I want to have her on the podcast too. She's incredible. I listened to her, I think for the first time, 17 years ago on tapes. And I remember hearing all her wisdom and it was like, this, this makes sense. This changes how you should approach relationships. Yeah, definitely. Um, so what does it mean to be a high value man? I think when a man is in his right state, he wants to provide and he wants to protect. I think those are something that we've kind of got far away from and we can talk about the feminist movement and how everything's impacted it, but good men have that built in and you can even see it in children. Like I remember I was at my friend's house and she has two kids, a boy who's four and her daughter who's two and the daughter hit the boy. And so she turns to him and she start. my friend turns to her daughter and starts going like, oh, you shouldn't do that. And the boy's like, no, mom, she's fine. She didn't do anything. And at four, he had that instinct of, I want to protect my little sister. And so I think that is so deeply ingrained in good men. And it kind of gets beat out throughout mm -hmm. time. So continuing to look to find those men that they have that instinct, they have courage, mm -hmm. they have conviction. They're also not run by their impulses. That's a big one. Oh, definitely. Temptations and impulses. Yeah. And they guard themselves around it. It's not just a willpower thing. But I remember what you were saying about your husband. I heard on the podcast that he got rid of his Instagram. So he's not just relying on, okay, I'll get through this. He's building systems around himself to protect himself. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah. Someone also mentioned in the comments where it's just like, well, if he was a high value man, then he can have Instagram and still not be in like, still not be like, what's it called? Like in the temptation. And it's just like, yeah, but men, I, I, I would say like men are wired that way, you know, mm -hmm. just from like the caveman early ages on where they say that they impregnated a lot of women to build huge tribes and all that stuff. So yes, 
temptation, I feel like is more stemmed towards men than it is for women because women is like, okay, I'm going to find one guy. I'm going to be pregnant for nine months. And that's going to be the person that I'm loyal to. So I think someone, I think a man that can recognize like, Hey, I could be weak here or I could be weak there. So I'm just completely going to get myself out of the game so I can focus on one woman. I think that's so much more of a high value status than a man who says, oh yeah, I'm on Instagram, but I don't care about any girls, but then catches himself in this light porn watching these half naked girls because they're everywhere, you know? So, and for me, like the high value woman and high value men is just basically people that have high standards towards like what they want out of life. You know, a woman that knows what she wants and doesn't settle until she gets it. And same thing for a man, because it's not fair for a woman to have all these expectations of a man and she's high value. And she's like, I have a lot going for me. So I want a man that's in the same caliber. But then when she meets the man in the same caliber and he expects this and this from his woman, she has to be able to, you know, she has to be able to give that as well, not just take, oh, I'm a high value woman. I'm pretty, I'm this, I'm that. It's just like, no, a man is going to expect the same in return. Because when I met Mike, I, first of all, when I met Mike, I don't think I was, I thought I was high value, just given my accomplishments and my status and my looks, but deep down inside, I was lacking womanly qualities. So I wouldn't say like from the outside, I was high value, but inside, I don't think I was high value. I think I was low value and I had to build myself up, but I had so many expectations of Mike, like, oh, like provide for me, take care of me, be emotionally available, do this and this and this. And then when he's like, okay, no problem, you know, but as a man, I need things as well. So Mm -hmm. you need to provide X, Y, and Z. And at first I was like, oh, like I'm the princess, I'm like the queen and it's okay, but (laughs) you're the princess, you're the queen, but I'm the king, you know, or I'm the prince. So I'm going to be treated as such. It's like, I'm not going to be treated as a servant. I'm going to be treated with the same amount of respect that you expect me to treat you. And that's when I'm just like, okay, that that's a fair exchange. I feel like so many women think they're high value, you know, Mm -hmm. and then when they meet a high value man, they're not, um, they're not willing to give anything in return. And I think from a really good point, it's yeah. a very, there's almost a superficial definition of what high value is. And usually it does revolve around your looks and your appearance. And then when it gets to actually, okay, my husband or my partner requires something of me, it's like almost offended women get <laughs> where, it, of course, like we each need to bring value, different value to each other. And I think mm-hmm. it's the same thing for some men that consider themselves high value. Like there's this whole movement about high value men should be able to cheat and should be able to have lots of partners. That's (sighs) not high value. That's exercising discipline in certain areas of your life. And just because you have money now excusing all the other areas. Yes. I feel like that's so weak-minded. I see it all over Instagram. I'm just like, you are a wounded masculine. You're not a true masculine man. This is coming from, you need validation. You need multiple women around you to make you feel good. It's just like, no. And then you, you know, like they say like, oh, I believe in God and like all that stuff is just like, well, if you did believe in God, you would understand that, you know, that's a sin. So why are you teaching these young men 
to cheat and to have multiple women and think that's high value. It's just like, no, to any high value woman, you're a weak man because you just, you know, you have temptation and temptation is seen as weak. You lack discipline. And it's just like, why would any woman that knows her worth want a man like that? I see it so many times on Instagram and I just get like so mad because these young men, especially that don't grow up with father figures, they look up to these men and being like, oh, well, these guys are on a podcast preaching. Oh, they have money. Oh, they have success. Oh, they sleep around with multiple women and think like, oh, that's the life that I want. And it's just like, that's, that's not the, that's not a real man's life because so many successful people in the world, very successful men in the world, they have one woman by their side instead of yeah. multiple women. And I also think that when it comes to like being a high value woman, it's just, it's taking care of yourself as well. You know, yeah. it, you can't have high standards when you can't take care of yourself and I would say appearance is a huge thing if you want to attract a high value man because they're driven by their ego. If they're successful, they want a beautiful woman by their side because it shows all these other men like I'm successful. I have a beautiful woman by my side. And, you know, being a beautiful woman means being high maintenance with yourself, investing in yourself. It's getting your nails done. It's getting your hair done. It's having the right skincare routine. It's going to the gym. You know, it's doing all these things because you want a man that goes to the gym. You want a man that takes care of himself. You want a man that has a great body that looks good. It's like he wants the same in return from his woman. So high value. Yeah. Beauty goes even further than just your appearance. I think women bring beauty into men's lives. Even if you just look at a guy's bachelor pad before he meets a woman, usually it's it's not very impressive, but women come in and they add a magic that men don't get anywhere else. They don't get it from other guys. So mm-hmm. I think beauty is a huge thing as a whole, as well as something that's not talked about as often is the ability to say no to casual sexual encounters. I think that's another thing that gives women status in men's eye. And I think it's also good for your soul. So that's a, a whole other perspective. But men don't want to have something that's accessible to every other man. And your actions, your actions will tell them, will inform them without mm-hmm. you even having to speak really. Well, it's so crazy because when I met Mike, <laughs> you know, we met each other, we went on dates and then um, my visa in like the United States expired. So I had to go back to Canada. I thought that was the end of it. And then Mike still wanted to keep in touch. And I wasn't really looking for anything. I kind of just got out of a toxic relationship. So I was just like, well, that was fun. But whatever happens, happens. So we kept in Mm -hmm. touch. We were talking on the phone. And then he wanted to go like on a trip. And I, he's like, where do you want to go? And I said, like South Africa, you know, I thought it was going to be something like crazy. Like he's not going to go to South Africa. And then we ended up going to South Africa, but you know, if we're, if you were sleeping in the same bed together, you guys are going to have intimacy and all that stuff. But I didn't, you know, for the first, I would say three weeks of us hanging out, there was Mm -hmm. no sexual intercourse. There was nothing. He tried, he got mad, he got pissed off. He was sexually Mm -hmm. frustrated. You know, he thought I was taking advantage of him, like all these things. And I was just like, listen, I am not going to sleep with someone I am not emotionally invested in because my heart has to be in it. 
You know, that's how I open up is I have to really, really like you. And I knew meeting with this kind of guy, I'm like, I'm not just going to sleep with anybody. I have to know that you're emotionally invested in me. And how Mm -hmm. are you going to get to know me if I'm so easy accessible to you? So, and, you know, and then after it was on my terms, when I decided to, you know, be, be open and, you know, have intimate moments with him like it was on my terms but that's when I felt like he really really got to know me and fell in love with who I was before he fell in love with my body and we talk about it to this day and he tells like all his friends he goes if Angelica didn't do that I probably would have just thought she's another girl that's easy because if I had a hard time I can only imagine what the guys before had to deal with you know if she had to be emotionally invested I could only imagine what the guys before had to go through you know so he's like instead of me falling in love with her body and you know having sex with her and like all that stuff because you know sometimes when the sex is great but the person is not great it can cloud other things so he really said like I really got to know you and I respect you so much for that and he goes that like raised brownie points for me and I didn't even know that goes on in a man's world but for me it's like you know what I protected my heart that if he was going to get pissed off and he was let's say I was going to fly back home because I didn't have sex with him it's like I touched two bullets you know I didn't waste my time with a man that didn't want to be with me and I didn't give my body to a man that didn't want to be with me. So for me, that's a win-win because I've realized who he, like I realized who he was, which he just wanted to use me for sex or, and I didn't give it to him. So I always encourage women. It's just like, if you have a deadline, let's say a lot of people say like three months, you know, mm-hmm. is like a good um, time frame, And it's just like, you will really get to know the person and if you set that time frame and they respect it and you guys get to know each other and you guys see each other you guys will be emotionally connected before you're physically connected and that's so important and if the guy does not want to wait that long and he goes and sleeps with other girls and all that stuff that tells you everything you need to know about the man so yeah I agree I think women need to we all come from different worldviews. So think about what your worldview is around sex and make the decisions ahead of time. Don't wait until you're in the heat of the moment trying to decide because it just, it never works out, right? You need to know what your boundaries are before yeah. you jump in. Definitely. And part of being a high value woman is having those boundaries and sticking to those boundaries because yeah. if you're going to keep setting boundaries and then the man is going to keep crossing them, it's just going to be like a, a what's it called? A harmless threat where it's just yes. like, okay, she had all these expectations of me. And I basically like, you know, got to do everything that she didn't want me to do. Like she's easy. She has no respect for herself. Yeah. So um, why is it important for a woman to be high value if she wants to attract a desirable man? we just can't get anything that we're not you may be able to attract a guy who who is but he'll find out soon so unless that transformation actually has happened within you and you continue to live your life that way you can only keep up and act for so long and it's the same in the reverse right guys can be great in the beginning but if that's not who he is he's going to show you you're going to see those signs so you have to become that person 
with everything, everything in life. You can't yeah. play at it. Yeah. It's, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. It, it's definitely hard because, you know, aside from, you know, putting, let's say like a mask on and all that stuff, it's just when you are in a relationship, I talk about in one of my podcast episodes, but the relationship goes through the natural stages of a relationship. So Ooh. definitely at first in the honeymoon stage, like everything is perfect. Oxytocin levels are very high. Everything is amazing. Unicorns and rainbows. But then in stage two, it's where the mask kind of comes off and you see them for who they really are. And that's like the yeah. make it or break it moment. We had a couple that we met months ago and they met each other and they were unicorns and rainbows. And Mike and I looked at each other and we were just warning them, like not to be like mean, but we were just like, Hey, you, cause they were saying, we're never going to fight. We're so good together. Like everything is fine. Like we understand each other. They moved in together after like two, three days of knowing each other. They're like, the sex is amazing, all that stuff. And listen, we can't hate because Mike and I, we did the same thing. Everything kind of moved very fast for us, but it, it worked out for us. But we said to them, I'm just like, listen, you guys are in your honeymoon phase. Just beware of phase two. And Ooh. literally recently, he, Mike got a message from him. He goes, yo, like, I don't think I can do this anymore. And Mike is like, you're in phase two right now. Figure out like your boundaries, like, you know, figure out what you expect from her. See if you're see if it aligns together and if it doesn't then it's the break it moment but if you guys talk about it then you guys will you know you guys will go on but they ended up breaking up I think that's another problem is we are so the societal narrative is be run by your feelings so everything is about is he making me happy when he stops making me happy I'm done Mm -hmm. But that, that's not actually a recipe for long-term love or marriage. It's a choice. So yes, you can do things to continue to inspire each other and treat each other and love each other better, but it is going to be a choice. There are going to be times where you, you want to get out. And if you have that option in your head, you'll take it. Mm -hmm. So viewing it in a different lens of this is going to be work. And sometimes you may need somebody else to come in like a counselor, or it's okay to get help. We get help mm -hmm. in all these other areas of our life. But for some reason around relationships, everybody just feels like we should know it all. And if there's if there's a little shake in the boat, we're done. Yeah. I, have, I always say that if your drive is love, the car is going to break down sooner or later, you know? So it's just like, if you are going based off of like, let's say like love, because love is a feeling. And that's mm -hmm. going to be your drive always to be like, oh, I always have to love this person. And that's how we're going to live happily ever after. It's like, that's only going to get you so far, you know, because mm -hmm. being in a relationship and wanting to work on it, like you said, it, it's a choice you have to make every single day. And so there yeah. has to be, when we were in church, we were just like learning about like God's, um, God's view on marriage. And they're yeah. just like, instead of, you know, having you know, the car, which is like love, have the car, like, as in like what God views marriage, which is like a covenant with him. And that's going yeah. to get you so much further because you guys are understanding that you guys are both in this world for a greater purpose, not just to um, have babies and be comfortable and be happy. It's just like your goal in life is to basically 
have babies, but teach the youngins God's word and then have that generation and so on and so forth have like a ripple effect towards mm-hmm. it. So that was really eye-opening because I didn't see marriage that way, but our car is not based off of love anymore. It's just like Mike and I make a choice every single day to do the right thing and to work on our relationship. And he does his work and I do my work. But it's also hard for a man because he realized in stage two that he wasn't financially ready to support her, you know, mm-hmm. because she had goals, she had dreams. And he was the main provider when it came, when it came to like paying all the bills and going out to eat and the place that they lived in and all that stuff. But I guess she wanted um, the finer things in life and he wasn't ready for that. And she kind of started to become more of a career woman and she wanted to be, she had all these dreams. She wanted to become a model and she wanted to like start networking with like other guys and she had to do photo shoots with like other guys. And he was like, I, I'm not okay with her doing all of that, especially if I'm like the sole provider, he goes, but I also know that she wants the finer things in life and I'm not ready for that. So, and he goes, and I can't stand in the way of her dreams and goals. If that's what she wants, he goes, if she was okay with what I provided her at this moment, and I was able to work to work to to work towards that, then I can see yeah. myself being with her. But I don't think she's willing to wait however long it takes. And she mm-hmm. kind of is going more on like the career path rather than, you know, being at home and being with him, which I think he made the mature deal for him. Yeah, because you know, she had to do, she had to network with like a lot of men and that meant like, you know, maybe going out to coffees and doing photo shoots with them. And he, as I guess, like as like the sole provider, he was not comfortable with that. And it was one of his boundaries that he thought he would be okay with in the beginning. But then I guess after like the honeymoon phase, you know, start after the honeymoon phase was over, he really realize he's not okay with it and he thought like maybe after four or five months she would also change her mind but she didn't so yeah with me it's like I with Mike and I I was a bottle service girl before and Mm -hmm. I I made really really good money and I was really good at my job and it was so crazy because when I met Mike I had to make the same decision I had Mm -hmm. to be like, okay, well, do I want to go back to work and make great money and see if Mike still wants to be with me? Like after we were done our trip, because he wanted to move in together after two months. And I was like, oh, like I have to go back to work, you know, like (laughs) I have to, I have to go make money. Like my family's there. I didn't even tell her like, you know, but I made that decision where just like, Cause he said, I'll I'll provide for you. I'll, you know, I got you like, don't worry about it. And I could have been like, no, I still want to go work bottle service. I still want to make money. And I feel like obviously if I chose that path and I would have not been with him because he would have not been okay with obviously me working nightlife and with guys and then still expecting for him to provide for me and still expecting these traditional values. So Mm -hmm. yeah. 
I guess like it's hard when you are, when you're a woman who has dreams and goals, but then there's the man, you know? So I think those are good conversations to have. So I feel like, and this is part of the reason why I created this business is I felt like there was two ends of the spectrum and there wasn't a place for women anywhere in between that. There was the trad wives. We don't work. We don't do anything outside of the home. This is how life is lived. And then there's the boss babes. We're career driven. We're hustling. And it was only that. But that's not how women are. There's so many other outlets and even what you're doing with your podcast right now you're creating something here it you're staying at home from what I've heard from you and and taking care of that but there's other things that you're doing as well and there's different stages of our life where we do things so I feel like sometimes women women are being put in these boxes and then they're told stay there but what you want maybe at 20 or 25 or 30 could be different so you need to revisit it and have those conversations with your partner. Like I'm not the same woman I was five years ago. I've definitely changed. And, and I think that's a good thing to continue to have those conversations. And even they always quote like the Proverbs 31 wife, she had businesses, she had other things going on as well. So I think it's dangerous to say like, this is the only path or this is the only path. Okay. Well, there's actually, there's some things here, like Maybe bottle service wouldn't be the job, but maybe something where you're not in front of a whole bunch of men all the time could have been something different. Or maybe this girl doesn't need to network with men, like she, the model that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I think there's different options if people want to find solutions. That's a that's a very good point. I feel like for Mike too, what, what I'm so grateful for is I knew I was good at bottle service, but it burnt me out so much. And I knew that I couldn't do it for the rest of my life. And I would work from like eight o'clock to four o'clock in the morning. I would not have like, I would not see daylight basically. Cause I would work four times a week. So it was really nice going, I would say from a career mindset where it's like, I'm going to work four days a week. I'm going to hustle. I'm going to make money to something that I'm actually passionate about you know, and that's the beauty of, let's say, if you have a man that provides for you is you are able to relax and think creatively and find your passions in life. It doesn't have to make you money, you know, but it can be a hobby that you really wanted to do for so long. And it helps you like, you know, emotionally and spiritually, like, even if it's like going to art classes or taking you know, what's it called? Like a pottery class. And if that's what you're really good at, you know, being with a provider allows you to find your own purpose in life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like what you said too about investing in yourself because you're, yeah. you don't want to stay the same either because he's going out there and he's doing things. If you, like what you said, taking the art classes, taking something where you're also bringing something into his life. You have something to share as mm-hmm. well. Definitely. Um, so back to the high value, high value yes. dating topic <laughs> is, um, so how does a woman know that she found a good man? He's consistent. Mm-hmm. He does what he says he's going to do. He's not all talk. And I think the way on most paths, the way to do it is to take it slow and just watch him. 
think one of the things that women do is we create stories in our mind very early stories about how good he is and also excusing bad behavior instead of just watch what he does. If he continues to show up, if he continues to provide in the ways that matter to you, and if he has integrity, you'll see it if you keep your eyes open. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And what do you think? Um, I think like it's a lot by, it's definitely what you said a hundred percent because a man, like a man might not be able to tell you something, but he'll show you. You know, same yeah. thing like with like unclear emotions. It's like if he's inconsistent, stop reading between the lines and kind of just like yeah. show like maybe he's not interested in you because yeah. a man that is interested with you, he will find the time to make you known and feel appreciated and loved. So you're not wandering and like looking at other men, you know, he's like, no, I like you and you like me. Let's do this. Um, another thing is, is pay attention to what he says like on the first dates like oh as a woman that is high value dating she has to be able to ask really good questions you know not Mm -hmm. like what's your favorite color oh like where's the last time you took a trip what's your dog's name it's just like what are your goals in life you know how do you see yourself like in a year from now it doesn't have to do with like relationship wise but do you have a goal or are you saying i just like to go with the flow you know, oh, I'll just, I'll just see where things go. And it's just like, that's a red flag, you know, because a woman doesn't need to go with the flow and see where things go. It's just like, well, what are your career goals? Like, what are you doing? Right. What are you doing right now? Like, why are you at the club? Why are you partying? Or a man that says like, I love when my woman can take care of herself and she's strong and independent. I think Mm -hmm. that's like a yellow flag, like a red flag, because it's just like, well, are you saying because you want to be like 50-50 in the relationship? Like, are you saying that like you don't have a provider mindset? You know, like what's like when you're reading between the lines, like what are you really saying to me? You know, so I definitely think like a woman should have just the right questions to ask when she is dating just to see like where this man's head is at and if he's even looking to have a relationship, does he want to have marriage or does he just see marriage as like a piece of paper and just all about mm-hmm. like the government trying to control you? Like, you know, because like those are super important to know because then you already know, okay, he's not looking for marriage. And I don't think a woman can really ever force a man into marriage, you know, mm-hmm. or or change his mind about like even having kids or wanting a family because they'll tell you in front of your face like no I don't want kids and I don't want a family and if that's something that you really highly desire that's already a red flag and like you said if you turn like a blind eye to it you know and you're let's say in a committed with this man you're always going to be wondering like well are we going to get married are we going to have kids and it's just like but he told you from day one he doesn't want to you know, so yeah. why are you spending this whole time trying to convince him otherwise when you could have just been like, you know what, this is not the man for me. I'm going to go look somewhere else. You know, it doesn't matter how good this guy is on paper. It's like their men are pretty honest. When you mm-hmm. ask them certain questions, you might have to dig a little deeper because they might like, let's say lie at first. And then you have to, I read this in the Steve Harvey book. I don't know if you read that book. Yeah where he talks about like asking the right questions and men, 
they might like defer from the truth a little bit, but then you have to like ask them again in another way, you know, yes. where it's yeah. just like, well, how was your relationship with your, with your ex? Oh, she's crazy. You know? Well, why was she crazy? You know? Oh, because she did this and this and this, and then like keep going because they're going to eventually tell you the truth. So yes. that's what I, that's my thought process in it. I think that takes a lot of confidence. At one of my clients, she went, she was going on this date and a guy asked her what she cared about. And she said, oh, I, I'm more traditional. And then she got nervous. She saw his facial reaction, like, okay, this is not the guy who's interested in that. And he sort of said to her, he's like, well, what do you mean by that kind of accusatory? And she backed down right away. And she's like, well, and started excusing. And it's that confidence of knowing what you want and being able to say it in a confident, not bitchy way, honestly, because I think sometimes that's something that comes out of women, but being able to confidently state what you want. And there's a certain energy when you've thought through that and you actually believe that guys aren't going to be playing these games with you. They can mm -hmm. sense it. There's like mm -hmm. an energy around that type of woman that makes them either rise up to the standards or disqualify themselves. That's, that's a really good point because you'll, you're, you'll be able to like wean out the bad men if you set your standards and your expectations, like you said, not in a rude or bitchy way or like that you're more than yeah. them kind of thing. But it's like, hey, this is what I really value in a partner and this is what I'm looking for. And yeah, definitely yeah. see how they react, see their facial expressions, but stick with it and don't be scared because if the man doesn't want to talk to you anymore, guess what? You dodged a bullet. And if that's... Yeah. And I would say like as a high value woman too, when Mike was in his like dating scene, he's just mm -hmm. like, he said something. He's just like, when I would go and meet women, you know, and I would go on dates with them and I realized that they weren't the one for me and they didn't check the boxes. He goes, I would never ghost them. You know, he's like, I would respectfully, you know, tell them like that's, that it's not going to work out because, yeah. and he's like, I never wanted to leave off women like worse than how I, I guess, like per se, like found them. And I was just yeah. like, wow, like that's, that takes some balls, you know? And it, it's so beautiful because women are not used to that, you know, but men are not used to that either. So yeah. As like a high value man, it's like if you're in the dating scene and, you know, you're going on a bunch of dates, A, don't try to sleep with the woman, you know, like Mike even said, he goes, I, I wasn't even trying to sleep with them. I was really just trying to get to know them. He's like, because I wanted to meet my person. And if I mm -hmm. kept telling the universe and telling God, like, hey, I want to meet my person. I want to meet my person, but then slept with every girl I met. He goes, I'm not, yeah. I wasn't ready for it. So he's like, yeah. I, I didn't drink because obviously that just like, lowers everything and you know boundaries can be crossed or boxes cannot be checked and like obviously the temptations come in and you just want to your impulses start to rise so he's like I didn't yeah. drink on my dates and I really tried to ask really good questions and see how they would respond like deep questions engaging questions and see if our values and interests aligned and if it didn't work at the end of the night you know and they messaged me like the next day or something. He goes, I would respectfully tell them like, hey, yeah. um, I you're just like not the person that I was like looking for. I had such a great time. Um, thank you so much for your time. And the girls would respond being like, whoa, like, you know, like I've never had a guy 
do this in my life because it just takes away from a woman's soul being ghosted. And yeah. I feel like vice versa, it can work yeah. for a man as well. It just, it's not about just women being ghosted. It's about like men also feel ghosted and it's a learning. You can be the learning experience for them, whether it's something that they said or something that you didn't like about them. You can just be like, Hey, I really appreciate your time. I did have a great time, but this is why it's not going to work. And mm -hmm. make that like a learning experience because maybe that's something that they can work on. You know, yeah. like when Mike told me that I needed to be more of like a feminine woman, you know, mm -hmm. that was a huge learning experience for me. That's the reason why I'm doing this like now. Yeah. And I really respected him for it. So when he first told you, did you instinctively feel defensive or were you open to it? Defensive? So the, the problem that I had is there, I knew that there was something wrong with me and I was already trying to like s search for it. You know, I was reading like all these like self-sabotaging self books, like manifestation books, like all these books, but nothing really helped me. And then when he kind of like, finally, I loved him. Like, you know, like I was like, I know you're my person. Like, I definitely know that in my soul. I don't know why this is happening right now. And it was a big question mark for me. And then when he finally got fed up with me where it's like, whoa, like I could really lose this guy if I keep going. And yeah. he's like literally the man of my dreams, but I can lose him if I keep going the way that I want, that I am. And he just said like, hey, I'm the man and you're supposed to be the feminine woman. My initial reaction was just like, my initial reaction was actually like, what do you mean? What is being feminine? You know? Yeah. And he's like, you don't know. And I'm like, no. And then that was my aha moment. But yeah. I guess I didn't take it like defensively because I knew it was like a make it or break it moment for me. But even like nowadays, when Mike tells me, like obviously tone of voice is huge. It's how you tell me to obviously like, if you're not getting the response you want from me, it's because of the tone of voice you came at me where I had to put my armor on and I'm super defensive. If your tone of voice is different, you're going to get a different reaction for me. And sometimes I do that with Mike. If I come to Mike and I say something and I'm not getting the answer that I want and he gets super defensive, I'm like, wait. And I ask him, I'm like, why did you respond to me that way? Like, what did I say to make you feel so defensive? And he would pinpoint and he would tell me and I'd be like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Well, I didn't mean it that way. And he's like, oh, okay. Yeah. And that just solves a lot of issues. But, yeah. um, and there's like, the other day, you know, like the other day I have a problem. I don't know what it is, but every time the bill comes out, I like to look at it. You know, I, yeah. I just like to peek, you know, I'm curious yeah. because we order so many things. We're in Vegas. I'm just like, I'm always like peeking. I always say, yeah. I always kind of like take in and say like, oh, guess. And I guess that really annoyed him. And he's just like, the last time I did it, he goes, okay, stop. Like, stop looking at the bill. Like, you're supposed to be like the classy woman and classy woman. Don't look at the bill. Don't worry. I got it. And at first I got super defensive. I'm like, what the mm -hmm. hell? Like, it's just a yeah. bill. But then I yeah. thought about it. I'm just like, yeah, maybe that's me just being in kind of like my masculine, you know, where I'm like taking the bill from him and like 
he doesn't even see it. And then I see it. And then it's just like, he goes, I, I don't like that because that emasculates yeah. me. And I thought about it after I'm just like, I could get defensive and I could be like, what the hell? But he was just looking for my best interest being yeah. like, Hey, like when you're like, just sit there enjoying the meal. Like you don't have to look at the bill. And I guess it's just like, I guess it's about being like very self-aware because if you're not self-aware and people literally like me uh, are a mirror to you and they tell you this is what you have to work on, you either can take it as defensive or you can take it as the time where it's like, oh, this is this is what I have to change. So yeah. it's all about how you look at things. But definitely it's easy to get defensive at first. But for me, I learned that whenever mike says something to me like let's say oh you're being too aggressive you're being too assertive i don't mm -hmm. say anything back and i let myself calm down and really think about why he said it and what yeah. i did to spark that and then yes. i just and then i just change but sometimes after i take a moment or two like the next day i'll come back to him and i'd be like hey i don't get it like, why did you say that? And I ask him questions because he's my biggest mirror. He's my biggest teacher and I'm his biggest teacher, you know? So I'm really open when it comes to communicating because I just want to better myself. And yeah. the best way to do it is just act like ask the person who told you about what was wrong with you, you know? Yes. So, and sometimes I think it doesn't always have to make sense to us. That's the other part. So for example, the bill thing, like for you, that may not even really be you being in your masculine. It's just your curiosity. But if it means so much to him, sometimes it's just like, okay, is it worth it? Like what do the pros outweigh the cons here? And I think it works both ways. Like women have certain things that probably don't make sense to men, but they still, they do it because we care about it. Mm -hmm. I think that's amazing. But you know what it is also, I think it goes down to like a deeper, it like a deeper issue because when it comes to like his like parents and all that stuff. And I feel like when it, when it's like the older generation, you know, like, yeah. yes, the man is the provider, but like the woman takes care of all the bills, you know? And yeah. sometimes like the man doesn't even see the money and she just like, you know, pays this person, pays this person and all that stuff. And yeah. I, Mike's family is that way. And he okay. doesn't like that. He's always said something about it. So I think when mm -hmm. I started to do that, it kind of like went back to how he sees his parents and he got triggered and he goes, no, like you don't need to be yeah. doing that. And yeah. he hasn't told me that, but that's where my brain goes now. You know, it yeah. goes back to like, well, did something happen in his family? And that's where my brain goes now too. It's like, well, when I get mm -hmm. triggered or Mike says something like, does it stem back to like, let's say what my dad said to me or what my mom said to me or how I was treated when I was younger. But that's yeah. because I, I have this in me to want to be a better person. And if yes. I'm not curious about my own self, I can never reach the most highest potential that I want to in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So I always encourage my listeners, like, just be curious about yourself. And if you need to really dig deep and uncover demons and skeletons, like go through that process, because once yeah. you do that, you're going to feel so much freer or more free. And you're going to start understanding your life in a different way and start seeing yourself in a different way as well. And you're going to start attracting different people yeah 
in your life because you're on a different frequency. And when you're on this high caliber frequency, you're going to be attracting men that are on the same high caliber frequency. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I think that even goes into femininity. So many women don't feel like they've been told they weren't feminine, that they're not the type of woman who can be feminine. And in my business, that's one of the things I focus on a lot is so many of these things are learnable skills. So women can learn body language that completely changes how people react to them. They can build in rituals, feminine rituals around them that start to teach them skills. They can learn about makeup, like from big things to kind of more trivial things that are still important. It's learnable. It's Mm -hmm. not just like somebody popped out of the womb holding all of these things in their hand. They learn them somewhere along the way. Yeah, I saw this in dancing a lot. Like sometimes we get women who were very, you could tell that they felt like they had no feminine bone in their body. And after working with them for a while and getting their bodies into different positions, you could just see the walls fall down and just the joy. And they start to dress a little different. They start to wear a different color lipstick. They they started to feel more comfortable being seen and being feminine. It wasn't so foreign to them anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's super important because I know, you know, like my favorite color is pink. You know, I love pink. I love girly stuff. Everything I have around me is pink. But when I was like growing up, I don't know why I started switching it to blue. And I started saying my favorite color is blue you know, and I just started getting all blue stuff. And I started really feeling like I was just, I was in my tomboy phase, you know? And then I was just like, I want to wear, you know, I don't want to be in this tomboy phase anymore. I want to be in my girly phase. So I started Mm -hmm. wearing more pink, more vibrant colors. Now I'm on a journey where it's like, I want to, you know, do my makeup properly. I want to do my hair. Like I want to have all these feminine, I want to go to yoga. I want to stretch. I want to be like flexible. I want to release tension. I want to meditate. Like I want to like work on myself. So it's, I feel like it's definitely much more than being like, oh, I want to be a feminine woman. It's just like mm-hmm. everything around you internally, externally is all connected to mm-hmm. how you're going to have like go on that journey, you know? Yeah. Yes. Um, so back to the high value dating <laughs> topic. <laughs> okay. So I know it's like one thing to attract a highly desirable man, but how mm-hmm. do you keep him interested and have him commit I think respect is huge for men. They need to feel like respect for men is what love is for women. We need to show them respect and learn about the areas where he feels respected and where he feels disrespected. I think that's one really big thing that you can do. And then continue to learn about each other. Know that it's going, there's going to be bumps, expect them and just have your mindset towards it. We are going to work through them together. Another thing, just more fun things is do stuff together so many couples get into these ruts of netflix and chill and of course it's going to dry out like if you're not building something you have to be on a mission together you need a mission in your relationship i think that's one way you stay together Mm -hmm. because you don't get lost in fighting about all the stupid things because you know where you're going you know what Mm -hmm. you want definitely i would say also is appreciation Mm -hmm. men men that you know, do have that 
provider mindset or anything that they do, big or small, you know, they want to feel loved and appreciated. I know I used to, like, I had like valet service at my old building in Miami. And one of like the guys there, I was just like talking to him and they just had twin babies. And he was obviously super stressed. They weren't sleeping, whatever. And he tells me like a month later and he's like, we're getting divorced. And I'm just like, why? What happened? You guys just had twins. And he goes, he goes, she always puts the kids first. And I do so much because he's the sole provider. And I was like, let me guess, you don't feel appreciated. He goes, not once does she say thank you. Not once does she notice me. It's always about kids, 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 kids. It's always about this and this. And it's like, I am not even on her list. And he goes, I can't live that way anymore. He goes, Mm -hmm. a man that does a lot, all he wants is to feel known and appreciated for what he does. He just wants to be the hero in the household, you know? I tell Mike to this day, like every time we have dinner, even like, thank you so much for taking me out for dinner. And sometimes I'm like, thank you so much for feeding me. Like my belly is full now. And that's (laughs) like the, that's the childlike in me too. So I would say another way to also like keep a man is never lose that childlike spark. You know, always be playful, always be jolly, always be happy. If you're always miserable and you're always unhappy, you know, obviously if the man is doing something, you know, then that's, that's a different story. But if you're just like always like sweating the small things and you're losing that glow, that's what will have a man kind of look the other way. And I feel, and correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of, there's a whole argument where, they say like, oh, there's no point of getting married because once you're old, the man is just going to go for a younger girl. And my argument is, is like, listen, I understand life gets in the way. I understand kids get in the way. I understand stresses, jobs, financial, all that stuff. But what happens is the woman gets too serious. The woman loses her spark her joy, her love, her appreciation. And a man is always going to want to feel like a child and joke around because they want to keep their youth for as long as they can. So Mm -hmm. when they, let's say, divorce or break up with the woman that's in her 30s or 40s or 50s or whatever, and they see them going for younger girls, it's because the younger girls are innocent. You know, they want to go out. They want to have fun. They're more, they have that childlike behavior. They're playful. They're vibrant. They're glowing. And a man that's 50, 60 years old, and he's, let's say, going for the girl that's in her 20s or whatever, he feels more youthful. Doesn't matter what his age is. Do you agree on that? Or I think there, I would add a bit more to it your worldview really comes into play here, right? If you're, for example, I'm, I have my worldview is that I'm Christian. So the standard that God holds us to in marriage is not just based on our feelings. So I think it's very important, whatever your worldview is, is figure out what type of integrity to pe- the person you have has. Because if they're just going to be distracted at any age, I think that's that's very dangerous. Like you, you want to continue to point back to each other. And there's things on both sides that can happen. So I agree, like sometimes women get too serious. I think another aspect of it is they confuse 
kind of comfort and laziness for connection. So they stop doing the things that keep them feminine. Like I've heard women who say, oh, I'll use the toilet in front of my husband. And it's, and they're saying it's comfortable, but every time there's comfort, there's a bit of a cost to that. So if you want him to continue to see you as this beautiful, magical, special thing, he didn't see you going to the washroom on date one or when, when he was treating you differently. So I would be mindful of those things. Same token, at some point in your life, you may get sick. You may not be able to take care of yourself the same way. And that's where also the integrity comes in. Because if it's only like you have to be this joyful, bubbly thing all the time, there's going to be hard times where either of you are going to need to stand beside each other regardless definitely. of it. Yeah. So I think there's there's both there. That That's definitely yeah. like a point. When I, was, when I was growing up, there was like certain things like my mom, like there's certain things that I didn't think like mattered, you know, when I would yeah. talk to my mom and she'd be like, I, to the, like when my parents were together, she goes, your dad, I have, let's say, she's saying it was like, your dad has never, he's never known when, when I was on my time of month, you know, like yeah. she, he's like, I've never said I'm on my period or I'm going to do this tampon thing. Like she goes, yeah. no. But then when, yeah. let's say when I was around and I would tell my dad, like, Hey, I'm like on my period. Like, I don't want to go. My mom was like, Oh, like no man, needs, <laughs> no man needs to know that you're on that, you know, that you're on your time of month. Like yeah. that's something you keep with yourself. You know, my mom is obviously very like old school, but yeah. I, there's so many things like on Instagram where, you know, couples get too comfortable. And like, I know, like they start like farting beside each other. And it's just like, what are you doing? Like, that's, that's like a comfort you never need to cross. Like, you know, you don't need to go that far. You can be comfortable in other ways, but doing that, it's so, it, you, like you said, it loses kind of like the beauty of it, yeah. you know, where it's like, I see you as this perfect angel baby. And then you're doing all this kind of like things that don't make me see you that way. But of course there definitely comes a time, obviously when you're, when you're sick and, you're going to need to step in. And I'm also like saying when a woman is always bitter and she's always sour and she's always annoyed and she always like looks miserable, it kind mm -hmm. of like, and that's what happened with me. It's for the first six months, I was sour. I was bitter. Every time Mike would walk and I didn't get love, I didn't get attention because Mike started his new business and I met him when he was retired. So I yeah. got all the love. I got all the attention. I was first priority. I got flowers. I got spoiled. I got everything, you know? Yeah. And when he started his new business, it's like, you got the, I'm getting the complete opposite. You know, I'm getting <laughs> neglect. I'm getting, I, sometimes we wouldn't even go to like sleep at the same time because he would be working so late. And I was, every time he would walk through those doors out of the office, I would go like, and I was just so bitter and I was so sour and I was like that for so long that he didn't I he told me now he goes the reason why I worked so late is because I kind of didn't want to deal with your mood you know like it, he's like he's like you you always gave me a hard time and after I was done work then I had to do more work and trying to cheer you up and you know like I just wanted to relax after I finished a 10-hour day 
You know, I just wanted yeah. to come home to my woman and she's happy and she, you know, she's happy to see me. She gives me kisses and love and all that stuff. He goes, I don't expect you to be always that way unless I did something wrong. But what did I do from the morning where you saw me and gave me a kiss to when I'm coming to the to the living room? Like what happened? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't get like the love and like attention and that I wanted. And it's just like I was looking for him for my happiness rather than finding happiness within myself to the point where it's just like, well, why am I waiting around all day for him? You know, why don't I go do something that I love to do? Why don't I have joy in my own heart and find happiness within myself? And he finds happiness within himself. And then when we come together, we're both happy because he was living in his purpose and he was on fire. Like he, he was so mission driven. He was like, um, he was, he had glow, he was glowing, you know, and then he would come to me and I would be miserable and I would steal that glow from him, you know? Yes. And it's, it takes a toll on a man, you know, yeah. to be with the, it sounds like, right. You, it sounds like you're bored. I was bored because I lived in Toronto and, you know, it was, everything happened so fast and moving Mm -hmm. to Miami. I left my friends. I left my family. I didn't, I I was really familiar with Miami, but I was just, I was just alone. I was, I guess I was finding a new identity and I didn't, I just wasn't, I wasn't happy within myself, you know? And then when I started I'm going on my femininity journey, that's when things started changing for me. And then obviously when we started I'm going to church and I started like getting more of a relationship with God. I realized that the happiness was always inside of me and there's nothing externally that can change it because it's all from within. And that really helps me because shit hits the fan nowadays, you know, and Mike works. If he wants to work long hours, I'm totally fine. And I will greet him with open arms because I'm happy with myself. I don't look for Mike for my happiness. Mike's happiness is a bonus to mine. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. Deep. Yeah. <laughs> Super deep. I love uh, thank you. Okay. So another question is, what do you think is the most common mistake that women make when approaching dating with high value standards? Rushing, rushing sex, big one. Uh, Like you said, it clouds judgment. So I think when you're, when you jump into it and the guys and you're, especially if you're very attracted to him, you write off a whole bunch of things. So if you figure out your worldview, but take your time there again mm-hmm. with the story. Also don't make up stories for his behavior. Watch him. You're not, you're not in a hurry to diagnose everything. And this is even on the first date. What I think women should go into the first date thinking is, do I like this guy enough for date two? Not, do I want to marry him? You don't have enough information at this point. So I think people jump too far ahead just one date at a time. If he starts doing things that disqualify him, like what you said, if you're asking these questions and he's going, I'm just going with the flow. I'm not really into anything serious. Okay. You have enough information now to step away, Mm -hmm. but if he hasn't done that and you're getting good answers and you're attracted to him, take it one step at a time. That's, that's a super good point because if he's good on paper, he looks good and he's successful. A woman is just like, well, 
I have to do, I have to sleep with him. I have to, you know, do all these things to impress him, you know, so he likes me. And then everything I have ever thought of goes out the window. And I always say like creating a list is super important, you know, so you know, you have your negotiables and your non-negotiables and see if that person even qualifies. And I also say another thing is instead of going on a date and worrying about if the guy likes you, you have to worry about if you like the guy, you know, you got to worry about yourself. So it doesn't matter how good looking it is. It doesn't matter how successful he is, what job he has, what car he owns or whatever. At the end of the day, it's like, you have to vet him out if he's going to be a good partner for you you know, Mm -hmm. not vice versa. And I feel like so many women, they go to dates and I was obviously, I'm guilty of this too, but you know, good looking guy, good on paper, all this stuff. And then it's just like, wow, does he like me? You know? Oh, let's go look at his, um, girls that he follows on IG. Like, oh, I don't look like them. Do I have to start looking like them? You know? Oh, how does his ex look like? Does he want more like someone like his ex? And then you lose your authenticity within yourself. You start losing yourself just because you want to be with this man. So I feel like that's a really big mistake women make is when they care so much about the man, when they should be caring about themselves and vetting the man out rather than it having be like vice versa. Mm -hmm. I think that I like the idea of the list and then the reverse list. So if this is the type of guy I want, what type of woman do I need to be to get him? And then think about it ahead of time before you're in that situation. My husband and I were having this conversation a couple of nights ago. And I said, when we, when we started dating, what did, what, if anything, what did I do that made you think I was less high value? And we both answered. And it was interesting because things that I didn't necessarily think about, like he said, oh, you went out clubbing a lot. Like, okay. Yeah. That's something I did. And he said, and one night you wore this shirt that was super low cut. And I know exactly the shirt. I can remember it. And I remember thinking like, this is a little bit too much. And he said, when I saw it, he's like, obviously I liked it, but it made me think, do like the sexual stuff that you've talked about and the boundaries you've put, are you serious about that? And so those little things, like if I had thought through some of those things ahead of time, maybe I wouldn't have been out clubbing multiple times a week at that stage in my life. So I think do the reverse as well and make those decisions, become that person even before you start entering into a relationship with a guy. That's actually a really good, I'm going to do that with Mike. I'm going to ask him like, Hey, like when we met, like what made you think that I wasn't of high value or what qualities did I have? That's very interesting. And I know so many women that, you know, they think that clubbing, you know, meeting a guy and then clubbing all the time is just, is okay. And then they call the man like insecure and he should be okay with it. What do you think about that? I think you just, you know what happens at clubs. Like you're going there, you're drinking, you're meeting people, you're dancing. So if you're in a relationship, I don't think that it is the healthiest situation to put yourself in. It's like the Instagram looking at girls' photos. It's tempting. Like, you're either building your relationship, like building it to go stronger or you're taking away from it. And so Mm -hmm. in these activities, I think that if you're going weekly clubbing, you're probably taking away from it. 
I'm not against if a girl goes out with her girlfriends for a special event or something like that, where they're going out for a girl's night. I just don't think if you're in a marriage, that's going to be what you regularly do. I think dating is practicing for marriage. So Mm -hmm. you should start to act the way that you want to act in your relationship. Definitely. Um, So one last question for you is, um, uh, let's see, I have two of them written here. Okay. Can you provide any additional tips for women who are looking to elevate their dating experiences through high value principles? Mm -hmm. One thing that I would do that's sort of a sidebar, work on your body language. Your body language will communicate value to a man. So people make a nonverbal first impression within four seconds, takes eight impressions, positive impressions to cancel that out. So most women, when they walk, they walk with their shoulders down, their head forward. They don't portray confidence. If you can learn how to hold your body, how to move your hips, how to actually move with a feminine feeling, you will start attracting a different caliber of person in general. So I think that's one thing that's sort of a sidebar way, but elevate your body language because you are communicating a message, whether you're aware of it or not right now. And then the next thing, I like your idea, go through the list, then do the reverse. If this is the type of guy I want, what's on his list? And pick one thing from that list to start cultivating. So if it's, for example, wisdom, like start learning how you can be more feminine, start learning about men and what they value, what they care about, and work on those aspects in yourself. Yeah, I really like the whole body language thing. I never really thought about that. I've obviously read it in books where it's just like when you're sitting down, like, you know, sit with a proper posture, don't look like a croissant or like a banana, you know, because <laughs> yeah. that shows like you're you're hiding yourself. And that's really cool. I never really like that was kind of like out of sight, out of mind to me. But you're you're big on the body language stuff, right? That's it's from dancing. So I know I knew what I needed to do also while I was competing to get the attention. And so you're competing against a whole bunch of other people on the floor. You need to stand out. And it starts from when you walk onto the floor. So you need to know what are your distractions. So like, for example, the head forward is a distraction. When somebody sees you, it takes a second when they're evaluating you to go something's off there. So fixing all those distractions. That's why the first product that came out with with the femininity project was a heels course so many women wear heels and they don't know how to wear heels so they're walking and they're clunking and they're in pain first of all which you shouldn't be in pain in heels but nobody's taught them so when you actually learn the skill it shouldn't be painful you should start to attract different people and you'll feel better can you give us a tip on the on how to walk good in heels with confidence Mm-hmm. get my course first because there's a <laughs> yeah. lot in there uh, but ankles so when women stand a lot of times their ankles and it's going to be hard to demonstrate this through a podcast but their ankles actually go out you want to feel like your ankles are pushing towards each other so it's almost like they're trying to kiss and this brings the energy to the midline of your body instead of it rolling out one other thing I would say is film yourself So everybody is built different. Some people's feet turn out, some people's turn in, and most of us have a combination. So if you film yourself 10 steps going forward, 10 steps back and sideways, you'll start to notice like if these are your feet, if one foot goes straight and the other one goes like this, your Mm -hmm. hips are going to be thrown off. 
So your balance is going to start to hurt and you're going to feel it. You're, you're not going to feel confident when you're walking in heels, which they should do, right? Mm-hmm. That's why you wear them to feel good and look good. You're going to feel those little shakes in your body. So get a starting point. What is your body doing right now? Does it look balanced? Does one hip swing really far out and the other one not move at all? Like how do you create this balance and symmetry in your body? And I also wanted to ask because... I see so many videos, but when it comes to walking in heels, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter how tall they are. When do you do heel um the front first or do you do the heel first? And it's kind of just like or yeah. okay. <laughs> so heel to toe versus toe to heel. Yeah. Is that what you're asking? Yeah. You go heel to toe. But if you look at most blogs or online tips, it's kind of like they land heavy. So they do heel to toe, but they sort of land and plant themselves you don't want to do that because it's putting all the pressure down into your toes you want to go heel to toe and then keep moving forward so it's like your weight rolls through your foot instead of down into the ground that's where that clunkiness like if you ever seen girls walk and it looks heavy yeah they probably are doing heel to toe but it's like they're putting the brakes on every step Mm -hmm. you want it to roll through your feet and continue okay and you have this all in your course i do yeah i teach them the whole body like feet, legs, hips, arms, posture. And then we style it. (laughs) Okay. Well then tell my listeners where to find you and where to find that course. Yeah. So I'm the femininity project, inc.com. And you can also find me on Instagram at the femininity project, inc. And then my heels course is there. So you can find out more information there. And do you have any other courses available or just the heels course for now? I'm doing a dating course. Uh, I'm starting the beta group in the next month so I'll be going through that and then in the fall I'm going to be releasing that course and it's going to be from the beginning stages of dating to the start of a commitment love that super interesting well well thank you so much I had such a great conversation with you yeah me too we will definitely do this again love to bye bye Thank you for tuning into the Bring Back Femininity podcast. I hope our conversation today has inspired you to tap into your feminine energy, embrace your higher self, and live a more authentically empowered life. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with friends who might find it valuable and make sure to follow us so you never miss a new episode. We love hearing from our listeners, so feel free to reach out to us with your feedback and suggestions. Remember, you are unique, beautiful, and capable of amazing things. Keep shining your light and embracing your feminine power. Thank you for listening to the Bring Back Feminine podcast. And until next time, keep bringing back femininity.